Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. One of the casualties of the pandemic was romantic Ireland. Single people were left in isolation as dating was replaced by distancing. I am someone who is looking for love. Real love. Ridiculous, inconvenient, consuming, can't live without each other love. During lockdown, a nation of Carrie Bradshaws became Bridget Joneses as love went into quarantine. There's probably 20,000, 30,000 people in Ireland who met their life partners in Copperface Jacks. That was Paul Howard, writer of Copperface Jacks the Musical, on the contribution of old-school nightclub culture to Irish relationships, which is now closed off. I'm Fiannan Sheen, and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Today, I'll be speaking to Independent.ie audience editor Shuan Lennon about her experience of dating during the pandemic. Dating for me during COVID felt like dating as a teenager, being at home, living with my parents and being restricted to my 5k. And Fergal Harrington from Intro Matchmaking talks about the impact of COVID on dating. People now are far less fussy than they have been in the past. Expectations are a lot easier to manage and more people are entering into relationships. So, Sean, the zeitgeist of romance over the last year was probably set by normal people, Bridgerton, even Emily in Paris. Tell us about what dating was like during the pandemic. Well, it certainly wasn't as romantic as any of those shows. I suppose, speaking from my own personal experience, like many people, I moved back home during the pandemic to live with my parents. So dating was awkward, to say the least. I guess it felt like we were teenagers again. I was living at home. I suppose the dating pool was quite limited in that when I went on dating apps, all I could see were people who live locally. So obviously that was the situation for so many people during lockdown. And as well, dating and trying to date when you're living with your parents' house is quite awkward, especially during the pandemic, because whenever you leave the house, It's quite obvious where are you going, who are you going to be meeting with. You don't want to bring COVID back into your home either, so you're quite worried about that. It was a helter-skelter kind of um, experience, I think, for the last 14 months of trying to navigate dating during lockdown. And do you think your experience was was typical of a lot of your your friends? The world had changed, so nightclubs were closed coffee shops had closed, normal social interaction had, had changed and now you were all very much limited in terms of of what you could actually do. 
Yeah, I think so. Particularly living at home with your parents. I mean, that just kind of limits your dating options from the bat. And then it changed the way we interact with people because obviously we all love human connection. We found that during lockdown. But now more people seem to have joined dating apps, whether it be for validation or for entertainment. It just seemed to be a huge uptake in them. I do know some people who've met over dating apps during lockdown and they possibly wouldn't have if we weren't in this situation. But it definitely has changed the way Irish people date. And I'm not too sure if it will in the future. But I know that our attitude towards dating greatly changed during lockdown, in my own experience anyways. Without getting into the gory, how does it work? <laughs> I mean, were, were you doing were you were you doing the Zoom dating? Were you physically meeting somebody and sitting at the opposite end of a, of a park bench? What? How did that work? I suppose I do know a few people who have went on Zoom dates. Myself, I would be too awkward, I suppose. And also the fact I keep mentioning that I live rurally. The Zoom connection isn't that strong. <laughs> in Irish culture, we're kind of used to, I'll meet you in the pub or I'll meet you in a restaurant. Obviously, alcohol was largely taken out of the equation and I might be stereotyping here, but for Irish men, I think that was a huge shock. I have to talk to this woman without liquid courage, you know, so it was a lot of park bench dates, a lot of coffee meetups. Even getting to that stage was quite difficult because you don't want to be meeting everyone every week because obviously during restrictions, during lockdowns, that kind of halted that. And then you didn't want to be bringing COVID back home to your parents because you met up with a random boy from Ballina one day. It was quite tricky. Um, I suppose even just going on dating apps, it was, I was in my own local area, so I knew everyone there anyways. So it was either your friends, your brother's friends, or people you went to school with. Um, so that was quite limited. And then when you did find someone that wasn't those three categories, it was just trying to meet them and then actually seeing if you like each other. So you could go out on a date and then both your mothers meeting in the supermarket the following morning discussing how it went. Very much so, because it was quite obvious as well when you left the house. I mean, if you're not going to meet your friends because you can't, where are you going? It really felt like we were 14 again. And if you didn't have access to a car, I would really feel for you because... Lack of public transport isn't an option in a rural area, so it's kind of depending on your parents to drop you off to your first date. Kind of difficult to meet a lady when you are farming. Very hard. See, we haven't the time, you know, because the season has gone so long now, you know. I know. By the time you're off the tractor, up on the tractor, you know, you, might, you mightn't finish there some nights till 12 o'clock, and so there's no time to meet a woman in, you know. So that was from the ploughing championships a couple of years back, obviously, because the ploughing was another victim of, of the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. What has been the impact on dating, Fergal, of COVID-19, the restrictions, the lockdown and so on? Yeah, if anything, to look at the positives, it's, it's made people far more proactive than they've ever been in the past. For the 10 years now, I've been on the phone answering calls uh, to the likes of people who are from 20 years of age up to 90 and everything in between. And the amount of times people would say, oh, yeah, I do want all these things, but I'm just not quite ready yet. I think I might do it when I lose a bit of weight or I'll do it now when I'm not so busy looking after, you know, uh, the farm because I'm here. Or I'm living when the father is elderly and he's not able for it. So any excuse to, to put things off because it's, I suppose it's scary to put yourself out there in a vulnerable position. The fear of it not working out, the fear of rejection, that kind of thing makes people just say, well, I can't actually do it because I physically don't have time when we always did really have time. Is it men or women who are more enthusiastic now? Shockingly so, uh, an awful lot more men are far more proactive than they've ever been. And it's so noticeable. And it has been since the 12th of March last year when we closed the office. 
you know, to the public. Um, literally, you could see the difference immediately. And the attitude is just sort of, well, you know, I've been regretting not doing this for so long. I'm finally now in lockdown. I'm, I'm enough is enough. I need to start, you know, being proactive. No one is going to come knocking on my door to start a relationship. And I realize that now. And I don't want to regret going out, you know, and not expressing myself to a person. In the past, Johnny wouldn't have told Mary that he liked her because, you know, for fear that she wouldn't reciprocate and he'll feel like a fool and his ego will be bruised. Whereas now he's thinking, well, I don't want to be up at night worrying about the fact that I could have had something and now I don't. So it's it stopped people worrying about that taboo and that stigma associated with admitting you're lonely. So a more kind of seize the day attitude has now, has now got out there because people are realising that, that time is, is finite and, and they need to get on with it. And the fact that the whole world is now feeling lonely, so it's not embarrassing for an Irish man to say I'm lonely anymore. People are building the foundations of a relationship far more. And they're, they're spending four and five hours. We organize Zoom dates and WhatsApp video call dates for about a, well, 100 couples every single week. And we have been for the last 14 months. And we're getting more people actually saying, Do you know what, that person is, is, is exactly what I think I need, although I would never have gone for that person before. So people are giving people the benefit of the doubt way more. They're way less judgmental. They're way less fussy. I mean, they still have their, their you know, their deal breakers and whatever else, but nowhere near to the extent that it was in the past. There's just much more grounded, you know, level-headed sort of behavior when it comes to dating. And, you know, when you're, you're sitting at home, you're, on, you're having a glass of wine or a beer or whatever, you're able to spend four or five hours on the phone chatting with someone in your own surroundings. It's less daunting than going to the restaurant and having all these distractions. It's cheaper as well for people who want to save a bit uh, of money. Tightness is a big no-no, but that's another story. Um, yeah, so it's just, it made it just more accessible in an odd way. And people in the past would have been complaining about having to travel and now you're not traveling anywhere. So has the pandemic actually changed what, what people are looking for in any regard? Well, the main issue in the past, uh, the checklists that people had would have been, you know, they need to live within very close proximity of my, of my, uh, my, my property. Uh, so travel was one of the major, major key obstacles that we had to try and make people overcome and to relax in terms of their uh, expectations. Uh, there are twice as many women living in urban areas than men, you see, because women spend longer in third level education. That's why there's more uh, professional roles in cities. Uh, you're 30% more likely to be in a relationship as a woman if you live in rural Ireland as well. Uh, so if John isn't willing to travel halfway to Mary and Mary's not willing to leave Ranala there's a problem and that's that's what needed to be addressed. But COVID has actually taken that issue away from people because they weren't traveling anyway. So they were getting to know each other and building the foundations of a relationship over video call, Zoom or WhatsApp. So in a way, yeah, it's given people the opportunity to actually relax their difficult expectations. So the true irony is even though we had a 5k limit, it actually opened up people's perspectives. You were, the people were willing to go further as such. To, to pursue a relationship. It was either go further and just make the effort and just have that chat with that person who lives in Donegal instead of catastrophizing everything, thinking, what if he lives in Donegal and I live in Leitrim? And what if, what if we fall head over heels in love? That's said to me every single day. And then I have to find myself saying, are you complaining to a matchmaking agency about falling in love with somebody in the tiny island of Ireland? So that's where people needed to change and they have now because they're not traveling anyway. So then there's the, the age issue. If I get an email from a, a guy who's 40 and he says he's single, never married, no kids, I know that I will have a battle of the ages on my hands and he will be looking for someone 25 because he wants to go out with her for three or four years, then maybe propose after that and then get married and then have kids. So we have to say, well, 25-year-old women, would you believe, don't ever call intro and ask for a 40-year-old man. So would you believe the woman has a, cho a choice in this too? And he often doesn't because there's a little bit of Peter Pan 
syndrome there, commitment phobia. He just wants what he wants because he's a guy and he can get whatever he wants. There's a lot of that, unfortunately, out there. Women will also call at 55 saying, well, I look 45, you see, because I do Pilates and yoga and I eat fish and I drink lots of water. Therefore, I want a 45-year-old man. And we have to say, with respect, I'm so sorry, but we can't get a 45-year-old man to meet a 55-year-old woman. And she feels that that's discriminatory and sexist and all the rest. So we deal with a lot of drama, uh, as a lot of people don't feel is... is uh, is what a matchmaking agency deals with, but it isn't. It isn't all uh, fluffy bunny rabbits and uh, and roses. Um, the last one is academic snobbishness from women towards men, only that way. About eight times a day we'll get calls from women who will say, I've got a PhD from Trinity College and a master's from UCD. Don't even go near me with a guy who hasn't got at least 20 letters after his name. And we'll say, well, you know, there's an awful lot of successful men in this country that may have left school early, started their own business and are massively successful entrepreneurs with high emotional intelligence and great communication skills. Are you saying you wouldn't meet him? No, couldn't possibly. What would we have in common? So it's not even income status isn't the issue then. It's, it's academic status. And you're saying that that is predominantly for women? Purely. I even had one person who said, how is a guy going to pay a deposit to join your agency? Because we verify everyone's identity by taking a deposit. How is he going to do that if he didn't have third level qualifications? How is he going to have a credit card to do it? So truly believed you have to go to college to get a credit card. That's what's terrifying. So it's the academic foolishness of it sometimes. So those women would be far better if they met Johnny, who has left school, who has street smarts and great emotional intelligence. And they'd be very happy with him if they gave him a shot. But a lot of the time they just won't. And the main culprits are 37 to 48. What about the the pandemic? Is there anything about people's views, opinions or perspectives of the pandemic that have come into play? Yes, become more politicized, uh, people's decision making as to whether they're going to find a partner or not. Uh, so much so that we had to commission a, an Amorix uh, survey that stated that 62% of people who are single will not date somebody unless they have been or are about to be vaccinated. So it's that's the deciding factor. In the past, it was anyone who dates or supports Trump uh, don't... Uh, don't send me out with Lots them. Lots of people dated Trump as well. So <laughs> That's very true. Uh, stormy. Uh, yeah, so no, uh, anyone like that or anyone who didn't want to pay for their water charges when they were coming in the past. Now, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be property tax from this week on. Uh, so, uh, it, yeah, it, it was. It's, it's really, back in the day, it was religion that actually was the real reason why people were going to date people and they would consider only dating someone who was Catholic and who was a mask or... Now that's out the window. 85% of our clients will be RC, but lapsed, but are trying to focus on being more spiritual and just a nice person, which is what leads to higher success in here. The men are the first out of the church and they line up across the road to wait for the ladies. For some, this is just normal curiosity, but for others, it's the first step in a traditional ritual, an elaborate mating dance whose origins go back further than anyone can remember. But the fact of the matter is that Liz Varna has come to be regarded as the marriage market of rural Ireland. That was RT's Ryark from 1969. Fergal, them days are gone, <laughs> definitively. Uh, and we're at the, 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 the start of, of a new decade, which has now been shaped by COVID-19. What do you see the legacy of the pandemic being in the short term and the long term? Yeah, short term, I think there's a huge amount of uh, hookup culture. Uh, I mean, I heard of one story, not a member of Intro, might I add, who has in the last three months had more sexual encounters than he has in his entire adult life. Uh, so a lot of people are making rash decisions that they wouldn't have made in the past out of frustration or just pure boredom. Uh, so that's that's quite common, apparently. Um, now, also what it's doing is long term, it's, it's making people an awful lot more I suppose people are prioritizing the art of conversation. They're getting to know a person better 
before entering into a relationship. The likes of the clients who would come to intro, they're looking for something long-term meaningful. They want a connection and they want to get to know the person properly in advance. So I think the art of conversation is going to be uh, massively increased and uh, improved upon. Uh, we weren't the best at expressing ourselves or at expressing our interest. We would sweep things under the rug an awful lot. So it's definitely going to make people way more proactive than, than, than before, way more determined to actually make an effort and put themselves out there. It's also helping to rid the taboo associated with admitting that we're lonely because the whole world is feeling that way now. So that stigma, it's be, it will be destigmatized. So you, you see it largely long term as being a, a positive legacy of, of COVID-19. 100%, yeah, definitely. Because especially in Ireland, we just needed that kick. It's, a, it's unfortunate it took a global pandemic to give us that nudge, but you have to see all the positives in every uh, sort of uh, situation, I suppose. But 100% from te- dealing with people, from speaking to them on the phone, there's that energy there that was never there before. Before they were absolutely just, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That Irisher attitude, that's gone now. It's very much so. I need to put myself out there. I need to get out. I need to go out and date. And that's it. So back to you, Sean. Do you think that COVID-19 is going to have a lasting effect on dating relationships and romance? Or do you just reckon it's going to go back to normal to the to the pub and coppers culture? I don't think it can go back to normal to the pub and coppers culture because we don't know when that normal is going to be back. So I think people do have to adapt. Um, even speaking to some of my male friends who were ready to almost settle down pre-COVID. They're now trying to reclaim these lost two years, uh, their Van Wilder years, I suppose, if you will. And they want to travel more. They want to go out more. They want to do all these things that they deem only single people can do, really. Um, So I think that will, in turn, maybe uh, change the age that we settle down together, the age that we buy houses together, the age that we start a family together. So I think it will have a lasting impact on the kind of Gen Z, millennial generation, if I can phrase those two together. Um, yeah, I think it definitely will have a change in the way Irish people date. And the attitude as well towards towards dating apps, has, has that changed? Has that become a kind of a more, more open topic of conversation? No. I think it definitely has because it seems to be okay to say that you were lonely during lockdown and during COVID because it felt like the whole world was lonely during COVID. So it's now not such a taboo subject. You can say, yeah, I'm on this dating app. This is how I'm finding it. Or what dating apps are you on? Or what do you think works? I think the tricky thing with dating apps is trying to find out what the other person on the other side of the screen wants from the dating app. I mean, some people are there purely for validation. You know, it's always nice to see a message that somebody is attracted to you. Um, other people were there for entertainment because I guess it was a boring time during lockdown and you have this stimulus in front of you which is going off every five minutes. It's quite entertaining. And then some people were genuinely there looking for love. So it's kind of tricky to navigate what the other person wants from that situation and not getting your heart broken process, I guess. So it's trying to establish whether somebody is just in it for a short term meet up or they're actually in it looking for a, a, a something more substantial than that? Yeah, definitely. And I think during lockdown, a lot of people were looking for something maybe quite substantial. And as restrictions ease, I kind of wonder if that will change. And now we have this new sense of freedom among us, the roaring 20s, um, whether people will be just there for short term means or whether there will be long term connections formed from dating apps. 
You are listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie, produced by Mary Carroll and sound designed by Dara Kelly. You can like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more on this and other stories, visit independent.ie.